When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm your host, Ariana Bravo, and this is the Autosport Podcast. Atmosphere at the track today was absolutely electric as the grandstands filled up with excited fans and the crowd went crazy when Lewis Hamilton managed to come home P1 in today's qualifying. Lewis Hamilton will start Formula 1's first sprint qualifying race from P1 ahead of Max Verstappen after the Mercedes driver topped Friday evening qualifying at the British Grand Prix. Hamilton led the pack after the first runs in Q3 with a 1 minute 26.134, with Verstappen, who had commandingly led the sole practice session on Friday, trailing behind and unhappy with his Red Bull understeering around the track. On the final runs, Hamilton looked set to improve the fastest time with purple sectors in the opening two-thirds of the lap, but a slide exiting the first part of the final sequence of turns at club cost him and he did not go quicker. Although Verstappen cut the gap to his title rival after the first runs, the championship leader could only take second. Valtteri Bottas claimed third in the second Mercedes, with Charles Leclerc fourth after Sergio Perez lost his best and final lap in Q3 for running too wide out of Stowe, which shuffled the Mexican driver behind the Ferrari. Lando Norris pipped Daniel Ricciardo to six, and another star of the day today was George Russell, who sensationally made it through to Q3 to the delight of the home crowd before finishing up P8. His 1 minute 26.971 put him ahead of Carlos Sainz and Sebastian Vettel, who lost his first Q3 time for a track limits infringement at Stowe at the end of the top 10. The new format has, of course, changed things up a little. We find ourselves discussing qualifying on a Friday. And joining me to do just that is Jonathan Noble, Motorsport.com's F1 editor. John, 
it is great to chat to you today. Of course, we had quite an exciting day. Format is all different, of course, with Silverson as we have the sprint races this weekend, which has just changed things up. It's made it all feel very, very strange. How did you find today in the new format with qualifying on a Friday? The format wasn't strange. What was strange was it all happened so late in the day. That's been the, the weirdest thing. Because you get used to night races at um, Singapore or evening races in the Middle East. But Silverson has always been to a normal timetable. So it felt quite strange to having this, you wanted this build up to an exciting day with practice and qualifying. But then it all started so late. I mean, obviously it's fantastic for fans and people watching on TV because you get home from work and can watch it finish work and head to Silverstone and all fantastic but for us journalists obviously means a much later later finish on Friday night so no um not much food and beer tonight unfortunately (laughs) yeah it is a late one for us it's been a very long day but the fans at the track were on top form today they were going absolutely wild as I was saying offline but let's talk about qualifying itself Lewis Hamilton has managed to well, not technically take pole because, of course, that goes to whoever is quickest tomorrow in the sprint race, but he topped the timesheets. Where did that come from? What did you make of it? Of course, Mercedes have been on the back foot so far this season and they're coming into the weekend with the ball very much in Red Bull's court, but Lewis pulled it out the bag. I think that probably on record is the happiest, fastest man on Friday I have ever seen in Formula One history. Not pole position because the FIA have decided that pole position is the the person who wins the sprint race uh, on the Saturday. But I think it meant as much as a pole position to Lewis because you know this was this is a big weekend, not just because it's his home race, but coming off a run of Red Bull success, lots of wins, lots of poles. This is a track that has been a Mercedes stomping ground in the past. So if Red Bull, you know, rocked up here and dominated and finished one two, then I think you Mercedes are pretty much waving goodbye to the the World Championship. So they needed a good result here this weekend. They've got the upgrade, which I think has helped. The track's helped them a little bit. And I think we've we've seen signs of the determination that Lewis and Mercedes now have to get back in this fight because we heard that this morning, rather than chilling out in the paddock and chatting to friends or doing some training, he went down to the Mercedes factory, which is about five five miles or so from the circuit down in Brackley was in the simulator they were running through mock practice sessions so just pushing the setup pushing the car understanding trying to eke out improvements Uh, and they came in today with a plan they weren't going to do short runs this morning they weren't chasing lap times they were doing long runs and understanding the race setup because this is a a weekend where having a better race car is probably more beneficial than a a better qualifying car so I think it was a bit shocked this morning with a seven to eight tenth gap that um, Max Verstappen had but in a brilliant performance this afternoon, a brilliant first lap in Q3 and would have been better in on the second run, but he made that slight mistake on the entry to the, the club complex. But I think it meant a lot, not only because it was P1, because he beat Max Verstappen, but because he did it in front of these packed grandstands. So, I mean, you could tell how emotional he was afterwards. You know, great, great day for him. The crowd erupted into cheers when he got that P1. It was electric the atmosphere at the track it really really was and I I could see how much it meant like you said you could really feel it um when you saw him getting out of the car and he did seem very overwhelmed with happiness which was fantastic for all of the fans to see but as you mentioned we're coming into this weekend off the back of Red Bull dominance 
How do you think they're going to shape up for the rest of the weekend based on what we saw today? Because, of course, like we keep saying, we've got the sprint tomorrow, which does change things up a little bit. How do you think they'll fare? I mean, Verstappen was P2, so he's obviously still up there, but just not quite that advantage that we've seen recently. Yeah, it was a strange session from Max because this morning the car car looked sensational. Um, it looked like it was on rails. He seemed well clear at the front of the pack. Um, obviously, we didn't see the, the full Mercedes pace because it was kind of indicated with where Lando ended up and where the Ferraris were, that there was more to come. Um, but the pace disappeared in qualifying. I think Max was a bit baffled about where it went. He said it was understeering um, like crazy, just couldn't get the front tyres turned in. So whether that's to do with um, how they were preparing the tyres on the, the lap, they perhaps hadn't got that nailed perfectly, which could be a consequence of having just one practice session before you're into qualifying. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if that's something they can dial out tomorrow. Obviously, it will be a focus in that final practice session to try to work out what went wrong on there today. So I still think it's going to be nip and tuck between Lewis and Max. I think there's nothing between these two cars here. I think on the, the, the tracks that did suit Mercedes in the past, it's nip and tuck between Red Bull and Mercedes. On the tracks that suited Red Bull in the past, they seem to have the edge. So Mercedes need a good result here. And I think you're good, we're going to see a, a fired up Lewis Hamilton tomorrow and Sunday. Looking forward at the sprint race tomorrow, what do you expect the teams will be doing in terms of tyres? Because, of course, they have the free tyre choice. Uh, it's hot. It's very hot. And it's been said that the soft tyre isn't potentially going to hold up too well. What do you think we might see? Do you think we'll see any of the teams trying something a bit different, taking the risk on the softs, perhaps, to try and to try and eke the life out of them? Or do you think that they'll be playing it a bit safer um, just to, you know, get home in a good position? I think if you're, I think if you're at the back of the grid, towards towards the back, it's probably worth the gamble on the soft, just because you've got nothing to lose. If if you start fifteenth to twentieth and the soft tire doesn't work, then you'll end up fifteenth to twentieth on the grid on Sunday. So I don't think there's that much to lose really. Um, so probably worth a roll of the dice to see if you can eke it out for seventeen laps, because you never can tell sometimes how how the track evolves on a, on a race weekend. Um, sometimes the tyres can go away quite quickly if the temperature changes by a few degrees sometimes they can appear to be going off and actually stabilise for a little bit so it's probably worth a roll in the dice if you're towards the back but I think if you're at the front you've got to go with the medium really Um, I think the the hard will be viewed as too slow I think the medium, I think Lewis did a long stint this morning where he noticed a small blister after about 20 laps Um, so I think there will be a dominance for going for the medium but maybe some some gamblers towards the rear end, which could could make it interesting if they're trying to push their way through early on with a with a grip advantage. Um, and then it's a question of how much how much time management is needed at the front to get those tyres to to lap seventeen without them falling off. Mm, yeah, I'm very intrigued to see how how things play out tomorrow and how much the teams are going to be pushing because, like you said, the teams at the back, the drivers have all already come out and a lot of them have said, you know. We actually think this could be a bit of an advantage for us because we are able to be aggressive and push as much as we can, whereas those fighting at the front of the grid for the championship have to be a little bit more careful um, because they have more to lose, of course. So it's going to be very interesting to see how tomorrow plays out. But back to qualifying today, 
I want to talk about George Russell next because, of course, he had a fantastic day. The The crowds were really just cheering and cheering for him when he got through to Q3. And then, of course, when he managed to wind up with that P8. What did you make of his performance today? And where did it come from? Because it seems like he's really on a roll at the moment with, you know, feeling good with that car and being able to bring it out in qualifying. Yeah, sensational performance from George today. I think prob- probably his best qualifying performance we've seen from him in Formula One. Um, I know he's done some some pretty sensational laps um, before in the past, even, not necessarily even this season, in, in previous seasons where he's he's shone. But I think in terms of the consistency, in terms of the inch-perfect laps, in terms of how he was able to deliver it, um, you know, really great. They've obviously got that car very nailed in. They obviously know... Um, you got the tyre preparations worked out, so they obviously worked well on the, the engineering front. Um, and he actually reckoned that if he... Because he did his lap after the a lot of the other runners had done so on, an, on a clear track, um, so didn't get the benefit of a toe. So he reckoned, you know, it's potentially one or two tenths more there if he had gotten someone's toe, um, which could have put him even higher up the grid. So really, really good um, from him. Uh, and I think also, you know, what a confidence boost and what a... Um, you know, lift for him that on the race weekend where we have for the first time a full capacity crowd really for qualifying he's done this and had that support because the crowd was happy for him getting into Q3 and delivering that lap as they were for for Lewis taking they were um, unofficial pole yeah they definitely were they there was a lot of George Russell support in the grandstands today they were very very happy to see him getting into Q3 even in the media pen there were lots of cheers amongst the media there as well so people were definitely very happy to see that Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Now, let's talk a bit more about some of the other drivers from today and how you think that they might fare over the rest of the weekend. Let's go to McLaren next because we saw Lando winding up P6, Daniel Ricciardo P7. Now, we know that Lando is, you know, well, he's on brilliant form this season so far. He really is. Daniel seems to be training a little bit behind, especially usually on qualifying sessions. But today he's just just behind his teammate. Do you think that he's going to have a better weekend perhaps? Do you think the McLarens are looking good this weekend? Or maybe, well, people have already said they're not expecting them to be as strong as they were in Austria. But what did you make of their performance and how how it lines them up for the rest of the weekend? Yeah, I don't think the track suits them as, as well as Austria did. Um, we know their car car's very good in a straight line and also it is good in high speed stuff but there are some slow speed elements to Silverstone as well some you know some slow speed sequences where perhaps it's not um as great so no real surprise to see you know Lando not up there in in P3 kind of in in qualifying or even the front row like he was last time but still a strong performance and I think just strong engineering from the team as well because I think having Daniel up there is a big step forward and I think it says a lot about you know how competitive these these drivers are that 
after the run of recent poor results that Daniel's had in qualifying, that he gets into Q3, um, really strong performance, and then he ends up being quite frustrated because the gap actually to the cars ahead of him was so small that he could have ended up could have ended up P4. So I think I think what was quite interesting this afternoon was I think the, the drivers weren't as well prepared in terms of finding the limits as they normally are in, in qualifying. Cause it seemed every time they went out, they'd find a little bit more pace. So the track would be rubbering in, the track would be improving, and then I think they'd be finding more more pace as well. So I'm sure if qualifying ran on for another hour afterwards, they would have even eked out even more time. So um, I think that's what we saw saw today, why there was quite a, quite a big shuffle around at various times when the drivers out at the end of the sessions were doing so well. Yes, it's true because of course that limited practice session, that limited practice time just means they 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 really had to cram everything in because as they were stressing on the coverage that we would have seen today, that was the only chance they had to find their setups for the weekend and I suppose that was the absolute priority. Um so yeah, I think that think that we're in for an exciting weekend ahead and I want to talk about Ferrari next I mean I think that's a natural following from McLaren given their positions in the championships Charles Leclerc of course he was bumped up to P4 after Checo's lap got deleted for running wide what did you make of Charles performance because in Austria, the team, I remember them saying that, you know, they were sort of sacrificing their qualifying results and focusing on race pace, focusing on race pace. But this is a pretty strong showing from Charles today. So is that a sign that this is a track that's really working well for them? Or is this a sign just that Charles is on top form? Well, we know we know Charles is such a great qualifier anyway. It's been one of his one of his core strengths. Um but I think it's actually been quite hard to read the Ferrari pace um, in recent races because they've obviously got this problem with the front tyres um, that they can um, they overheat the front tyres, which is good when you need to bring the front tyres up to temperature, but isn't good when you're trying to manage the front tyres. So we we saw this at its most extremes in Paul Ricard, for example, where in the race the tyres just fell off a cliff and they weren't competitive. Then they seem to have kind of change the approach and a slightly better better track in Austria that's, that's more rear limited anyway so the fronts aren't under, under so much stress um, where their qualifying wasn't so good but uh, in the races it was so much better so this weekend they're bracing for a bit of a tougher time um, Silverstone's a front limited track it punishes especially the front left tyre so if there is any long run problems then um, it will be exposed well tomorrow and Sunday so I, th- I think we'll see but I mean, there has been a pattern that Ferrari is either good in qualifying or good in the race. We haven't really seen an event yet, barring Monaco. But I think Monaco is a bit of a special, a bit of a unique case. But on a on a normal racetrack, there hasn't really been a race weekend where Ferrari has been very quick in qualifying and very quick in the race. It's been one or the other. So it'll be interesting to see if they've learned lessons from France, if they've managed to dial out some of this front tyre weakness, or have we just seen today? It's manifestation that, it, that they could switch on the front tyres, which is great for qualifying, but it's going to tip them over the edge in the races. Mm, yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on that as the weekend unfolds. I want to move out of the top 10 now to talk about both Alpine and also Alpha Tauri, because, of course, neither of them making it into Q3. What did you make of their performance today? We are we are getting more used to seeing at least one of them up there and looking quite strong, but this, today not the case at all. 
No, Pierre Gasly called it, I think he called it his worst qualifying of the year. So they just couldn't get the car hooked up at all. Not not happy with it, not comfortable, um, which is a surprise really because that car's been pretty consistent over um, an awful lot of the season. It's had a, a weakness in slow speed, um, hasn't particularly liked, liked aggressive turnings. The team had managed to dial some of that out, but today it just didn't click. And Sonoda had a disaster. Um, poor lap got delayed by the Weybridge, which is always one of the, the curses of a short qualifying session is if you lose time, if you're quite tight on your schedule run plan and then you get stopped at the FI Weybridge, can put you out of sync and then the whole session can derail. So he had that problem, um, unfortunately. Um, so that was there. And Alpine was, I mean, Ocon much happier. I mean, he's had a pretty dire time in recent races, getting knocked out in um, Q1 a few times. Um, so the team investigated it, have made a wholesale change of that car, including a new chassis for this weekend. So just trying to get to the bottom of what's gone wrong. So I think very encouraging for him that, you know, while while not sensational, it is an improvement. It does feel much better. Um, and Alonso, I think, you know, just a manifestation of how tight that midfield is. The gap wasn't very much to not get through to Q3. And I think if you, it's one of those things, if you do a lap that's maybe one-tenth quicker in Q2 to scrape into Q3, you can end up qualifying fifth or something if you get a good run. But when you, when you miss out, um, as he did, um, there's no chance to make amends. So that's your, your last shot gone. Yeah, it was yeah, it was very close as you've said. Now I want to look forward to tomorrow because we have the sprint and then of course we have the race on Sunday. What is it that you're looking out for tomorrow when we go into the sprint? What is it that you're really gonna be trying to keep an eye on? What things do you think the teams and the drivers might struggle with or who do you think might actually really capitalise on this new format? I'm most intrigued to know what the kind of the, the rhythm of the race will be like. So I'm sure from the driver's mindset, and Carlos Sainz mentioned this yesterday, that um, they're not going to have the mindset of going into turn one, treating it any different to the first corner of a normal Grand Prix. I think you've still got as much on the line. You still can gain positions. Um, if you try and race conservatively in as closely thought sports Formula One, then uh someone will end up running to the back of you because you're going too slow. So I think there'll be no change of approach potentially for the first lap. Um, after that, I think it'd be much more interesting to see what happens because normally in races it can stay quite close uh, and then the tyres start, the drivers realise the tyres start dropping off and then they have to drop back to keep the temperatures under control. And that's when a, when the race spreads out. But you could have 15 laps or so of a, of a race being quite close together before that happens as we saw in Austria for example, with Lando and Lewis was, um, you know, well into the first stint before Lando had to give up. So it'd be interesting to see if the drivers are comfortable enough to keep the pressure on or is there going to be a problem with the tyres overheating if they follow too closely um, so it turns into a procession. And then the other danger is, is will it turn into what's called a DRS train race? So where all the cars are close to each other um, but all of them are triggering the DRS for each other so in the end no one can overtake because there's not a big enough speed differential and we haven't got any tyre um, you know, differences of tyre compounds or differences of tyre life that normally triggers overtaking moves so do we get as Carlos Sainz suggested you know exciting first half a lap for example where they're jostling for position 
and then it all settles down? Or are we going to see one or two drivers being quite aggressive, which then forces others to be more aggressive? So I think that's the thing I'm most intrigued about. I don't know what it's going to be like. And perhaps as of now, none of the drivers particularly know um, how it's going to be like or how the rival, their rivals are, are going to see it. And that is what makes it so exciting. We're all going to find out tomorrow. And yeah, we'll have to wait and see how it all goes. I know a lot of people are withholding any judgment on whether they are fans or not of the sprint races until how they see it, until they see it unfold. Um, and I'm absolutely buzzing for it. I can't wait actually to see how it all goes. And I can't wait to see the atmosphere at the track as well. I mean, an extra mini race is always a good thing for the fans that are in the grandstand. So I'm sure it's going to be really, really exciting. And that brings us actually to the end of this episode. We didn't even get a chance to get through any of the other drivers, which is a shame, but so much to talk about with this new format. And it was a pleasure chatting to you as always, John. I hope you enjoy tomorrow's session. I hope everyone listening also enjoys the sessions tomorrow. And be sure to join us again for more coverage. Tomorrow we will be bringing you a live podcast recording. So make sure to join us and we'll be bringing you all of the updates and action from the track. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The world is waiting, waiting for new thinking, for bold ideas that embrace a globally connected community, working together to create a better future for all. And that future, it can be found here at UC Riverside. Here, you'll join a community where diversity equals vitality, where support and empowerment lifts spirits and propels ideas forward. Fearless, innovative, connected. UC Riverside. Bold hearts, brilliant minds. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.